0: Welcome back to the Calamus Creek Chronicles podcast. I'm your host tonight, Garrett Monty. I know it's been a while since we've had a podcast out in a while. We were having some technical difficulties with our Spotify account. Got that fixed, so we should have many more podcasts coming out here soon. Uh, Tonight we have Clay with Woe Nelly's Kennel uh, to talk all things German short air pointers with us today. Uh, Tonight's podcast is going to be brought to you by Woe Nelly's Kennel, Apex Ammunition, K2 Coolers, Pacific Calls, and I-39 Supply. So I'm going to give uh, Clay a call here, get him on the line. Uh, thank you for joining once again. I guess, yeah, for the people listening, we have uh, Clay here uh, with Woe Kennels out of Odessa, Missouri. Um, a little backstory is that's where I actually got my dog, Piper. Um, she's a German short hair pointer. Clay uh, breeds as well as trains really good uh, German short hair pointers. Uh, I got Piper a little over... A year ago now and a little backstory on kind of how i found clay was actually through youtube uh, i don't remember what we were watching but we came across something with granger smith and later found out that's where he got his dog from was from clay at wonelli's and that's kind of how i reached out to clay and i guess i'll kind of hand things off to clay and just one how you got into um breeding german short hairs. And then also kind of how you got connected with Granger-Smith and that journey as well.
1: Yeah. Um, so I started getting into short hairs when I lived in Las Vegas. Um, that was probably close to 10 years ago now. Um, and we were going through a lot of drought. And it was just hard to find birds. I knew I was walking over birds. I was hunting without a lot of dog. and. I decided you know, I want to get uh, an upland bird dog that can handle that terrain out there. Um, something that was sporty, something that was versatile, you know, you could take the cactus and the sharp rock and everything, and, and run all day. And I knew of German Shorthairs. I hunted around them as a kid, but i never owned one. Um, we always had laps and Retrievers. Um, it's I got on the phone with a local breeder in Las Vegas and uh, he was just leaving the vet's office that morning and he had delivered to pups. He's like, Yeah, I've got first pick mail available if you want it, and that's where I got my dog Bullet. Um so coincidentally I decided to get the short hair the day that Bullet was born. And I just really got hooked on the breed. Um, the guy that I got him from was in his late sixties and his dad bred Shorthairs up in Washington state and just, he had it in his blood and he knew a lot about the breed and really got me excited about it.
0: Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I guess you've been at it for a while. So how, how long ago was it when you first started breeding? So,
1: um, had our first litter about six years ago. Okay. A little bit more. Because I had my first litter in Vegas. I moved out here five years ago. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I started going to some other kennels in Southwest and Utah and Arizona. Spent time with those other kennels, learning about their operations, and breeding program, how they're lacing the dogs. Um, just really got inspired. I went to a a field trial with Bullet when he was seven months old, and I was looking up the rules the night before, trying to figure out how to run a dog in field trials, and I had no idea what I was doing. There was a bunch of pros there with horse trailers and 20 dogs on a string. And just, there I am with my little ranger and wire crates in the bed. And I couldn't believe it, but Bullet and I won first place, and that, that moment just, it struck me. I was like, man, I got to figure out a way to make money. Because I was, I was cooking in Vegas to find that food. Yep. I just, I was starting to get burned out in the kitchen. And when that happened, I was like, man, I got to figure out a way to get more involved in this. It, it was just too much fun. We all just snowballed from there. That's,
0: that's awesome. And I guess, yeah, fast forward a couple of years, um, this is obviously when I came across the YouTube video of Granger Smith talking about his dog and where he got it from, I guess. Yeah. How did that interaction come, come to be? How did you guys get connected with him kind of to provide him with, um, one of your German shorthairs?
1: Yeah. Uh, so I had watched his music video. It's country boy. Yep. And there's a line in that song that says swimming in the creek with my bird dog. And in the video, He's swimming with freaking last. So I'm like, dude, I'm getting this guy a real bird dog. <laughs> this is going to be my mission. And no offense to all you waterfowlers out there, but there's just nothing like a short-haired man. I, they're, they're such a versatile dog. I'm just so proud of them. And um, yeah, so I, I just got it in my head that I'm gonna I'm gonna connect with this guy and make it happen. And I started sending puppy pictures to his wife. Um, I thought, you know. Most guys, when they say, oh, yeah, I want a bird dog, next line is, just got to talk it over with my wife. Make yeah. sure it's okay, get permission kind of thing. So I took the short end and went straight to his wife and started sending her puppy pictures and saying, look, if you guys ever want a bird dog, let me know, let me know. And she's you know, responding back to me, which I was, oh, my gosh, she's starstruck, you know. And Granger Smith's wife is talking back to me about actually getting a puppy. And uh, I went to one of his concerts and did a meet. And I gave him a little business card that I had specially made up for him that said, uh, "This is a certificate for pick of the litter, you know, for Earl Dibbles. And, uh, anytime you want, you can get a short hair from me." And about a year later, his wife finally gave permission, and uh, he reached out and said, "Look, I'm ready for one." And uh, they were playing a concert down at Lake of the Ozarks. Delivered a pup down there to him. Hung out with him for the day. And we chit chat back and forth every now and then. Apparently, he's going to send his dog back to me, I think next month, and do some training with her. And maybe I'll get to go out and hunt with him. That'd be a pretty memorable story. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's how it all came to be.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And honestly, without that interaction, I probably would have never found you and got Piper from you. Um, and yeah, your comment to uh, waterfowlers and stuff, and obviously I knew when getting a German shorthair, they're not they're not the dog everyone thinks about when waterfowl hunting. And I know when me and you talked early, we talked about how it is going to be a struggle to train her both for Upland and waterfowl. And it has been, I wouldn't say a struggle, but it has been a lot of work um, training for Upland and waterfowl. And I mean, Piper has been a very good dog. She's caught on to things very quick. Upland honestly came to her naturally i didn't really have to do much training for that uh she holds point listens uh honors other dogs so that came natural so i didn't really have to do much training on that now waterfall that was a little bit of a different story um obviously teaching her sit and stuff like that that's not something you usually want to train an upland dog because sometimes they'll get in that habit of like you said sitting out in the field and thank goodness i haven't had piper do that yet but um Yeah, kind of going back to, like, the versatile dog, um, outside of Upland hunting, what other uses are German short Hair pointers for? I know you have a lot of your dogs from litters in a lot of different uh, professional, I guess, dog careers. Um, So if you want to kind of touch on that, like, what else they're used for outside of hunting.
1: Yeah. Um, We've got dogs doing bomb detection, uh, explosives, you know, for police and that kind of thing. Uh, Doing big huge events, and concerts and stuff. They, that, most people, they like getting a floppy ear dog because they can come in and work and they're much more approachable. They're not scaring the clients, you know? Yeah. They can come search an office building or something and, you know, people don't think they're going to get their arm ripped off. Not a Belgian Malinois or whatever. They're pleasant dogs to be around. Uh, We've got them doing, Diabetic alert work where if someone's blood sugar drops to the dog can sense that and alerts and wants to know you need to take your meds or you know, treat yourself. Um, That's some doing canine good citizen stuff in hospitals where they're you know, going around and helping out the kids and people that are sickly and uh, bringing their spirits up. Uh, what else? Um, Youth events, I mean, our dogs are, we're using our dogs at a lot of upland youth hunts where they're they're guiding for kids. So you need a dog that can stand on point for, sometimes it's 10 minutes before you get these kids up on the bird, get their zone of fire, um, you know, and actually get the bird clutch. So you need a dog that, that's patient enough to sit there and wait for all that. Yep. We've also got some dogs that are got one out in georgia that's going up for his master hunt retrieval title so he's beating out a lot of labs and retrievers in the retrieving world like playing their game Yep. and there 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 isn't an akc event these dogs don't excel at. they will do rally they will do the coursing they will do retrieval game. So obviously if you up they'll they'll do the game I guess it is they'll get in the showrun. It's it's really hard to find a game and short one but they're just freaking awesome dogs.
0: Yeah. Yeah and I I would have to say the same. They are awesome dogs now having Piper for a year um and a little bit more than that. Um I guess kind of going to the next thing is German charter pointers are not the dog for everyone. There's special instances where you should not get a German charter pointer. I guess, yeah, if you want to go over the do's and don'ts, and I'll be the first one to say I got Piper living in an apartment. I had a little bit of a different situation. I come back to uh, my parents' farm and stuff, which is hundreds of acres where we're able to run Piper every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, sometimes. Um, So we're out of the city a lot. And when we're in the city, we go to soccer fields and stuff like that. We go to the lake, let her swim. So she gets a lot of exercise. But obviously, yeah, if you're not that type of person getting out of the city, it's probably not the best breed of dog to get in an apartment. But outside of that, what are some other do's and don'ts you have when getting a German Shorter Pointer?
1: So if you're if you're looking for a breeder of German Shorthairs, look for one that has got dogs that are playing the game you want to play. So. Um, Some guys breed short hairs for specifically for field trials. Um, You know, that's horseback field trials where the dogs are running really big. Um, A lot of times those dogs have more bite in their coat, and they're more of an English-style pointer. Um, Those dogs, a lot of times, they they take a lot of miles. You know, I tell people with our dogs, they need about 40 miles off-leash every week before they calm down. Whereas those field trial dogs, they need more like 80 to a hundred miles off each every day before they come down. Uh, and if that's what you want, if you want a big running dog, if you like you know, that style and that's what you want to get into, then go for that dog. Um, so look at your breeder and look for a breeder with an open house policy. that Allows you to come in and either kennel, their breeding stock and play with pups and don't want somebody that's got a closed door kind of mentality yeah um, and then as far as um, are you able to have a German short hair I do vet our our clients a little bit you know I, I ask them you know have you ever run a short hair before you, you know what you're getting into with this thing because uh, they are the Maserati of bird dogs. They, they've got some wheels. They're going to want to go and got to know how to handle them. And they can be, I mean, they're a German dog. They're going to be a little bit hard-headed at times. So you need to be prepared for that. Um, we do have clients that don't hunt. And some other breeders will give me flack for selling a dog to somebody that doesn't hunt. But you know, I've got one lady in particular. She's a, a, a marathon runner. So she's constantly in training and she goes out in the woods and runs these like backwoods marathons where they're jumping over logs and stuff and she takes her dog with her and she trains with her dog and that dog is one of the most fit well-behaved dogs that i know and it's a great lifestyle for the dog Um, and again about her really interesting story it kind of ties in but she started seeing how her dog really like birds, you know, I she'd board her dog with me every now and then and I put her dog on birds and send her pictures. You know, look at how great your dog's doing. So then she goes and gets her hunting license and decides, Yeah, I want to go hunt with my dog and that just that really warms my heart to see somebody take on a whole nother adventure in life because of their dog. And you know, to get somebody out in the field that's never hunted before and, and they're doing it because they want to keep their dog happy. That's just that's a beautiful thing. Um, it's it's just it's wonderful that these dogs can push us to go do something that we wouldn't normally want to do. And there's going to be days when you know, you've got to go out into the rain, be cold, and, and run your dog and, and deal with it. But you know, as we get older, we don't want to deal with the cold and the rain. But when we were a kid, that's all we wanted to do is go out, and stomp in puddles, and play in the snow. And yep. these dogs uh, bring that youth out of us.
0: Yeah. That's definitely with Piper when she saw snow for the first time, she wanted to be out in it all the time. Same with water. Yeah. We, we can't get her out of the water. She loves being in the water. Um, That's yeah. probably the best thing she likes to do. Anytime she sees water, she wants to be in it. And kind of going yeah. back to your point about the lady um, getting into kind of getting her hunt, hunting license and bird hunting. Um, when I got Piper, obviously I knew uh upland hunting would be kind of a big thing. And I had upland hunted um, I don't want to say quite a bit, but enough before I got her. But since I got Piper, I mean, I upland hunt a lot more now just because that is something that she likes to do. So I find myself doing it every other week, probably now once the season starts. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, sometimes, sometimes sitting in a blind all day can get a little
1: monotonous. Um, you know, and, and walking and pursuing birds can. It's good for you, you know, it's it's nice to get
0: out and chase those tails, yep, yeah we when we're in the duck blind, once it starts to get slow, you can tell she's bored, so we'll let her go out and yeah. swim and whatever, and yeah, we'll have birds that come in when she's out swimming, they'll fly her and go away, but I'm to the point now where I don't care it's not all about the killing of ducks or or pheasants or whatever, it's more about just being out there doing what you love and with your dog and stuff like that, so
1: right, I find myself enjoying guiding a lot more than i do hunting because i can really watch the dogs work yeah i'm not i'm not having to handle the gun um i can sit back and laugh when the clients miss you know the pressure's not on me to shoot the bird and i've shot enough birds and i I know what they taste like
0: yeah and that's that's the same with me now having piper um taking out goose hunting for the first time i mean that was an experience i mean when she picked up that goose, I don't know what she really knew what to do with it at first, because I mean the goose is about the same size as her, not weight wise, but just overall size. But she yeah, loved she it. And and yeah, I find myself now more just watching her work instead of pulling the trigger all the time. Yeah. And yeah, a lot of fun. That, that kind of leads into the next thing I know you wanted to touch base on because it is kind of a big deal and I learned it this year um prior to season is, like, conditioning your dog and getting them ready for the upcoming season. Like, what what do you think people should be doing to kind of condition their dog to get them ready for the season, as well as during the season to kind of maintain their dog? Yeah.
1: Um, if you can get them in water, that's the best thing to do. It's low impact. It's going to build muscle. Um, it's going to tire them out. And it, it kind of depends. Are you, are you conditioning them for – Waterfowl? Or are you conditioning them for upland? Um, either way, water is exercise, and they're going to build muscle. And, and that's what you got to worry about is lay on the couch all summer and then going out into the field, and you know they're they're not ready for it. Um, I would recommend running your dog quite a bit, obviously. Um, yep. it's condition Conditioning pads. You don't want to be slipping pads you know, the first week. The doesn't because it has been laid up inside a carpet all summer.
0: Um, but there's other, you
1: know, as far as woe work and that sort of thing, um, I like to play a little game where you, you get the dog to woe on a leash and you, um, you have him standing steady, You're saying woe to him, and get him to hold, you throw out your bumper, they're going to want to jump and take off after it, you woe. Pinch them on the, you know, use a pinch collar or a choker collar and and stop them there. Have them stand steady where they can still see that bumper laying out there. And then release them, you know, fetch or whatever your release command is, send them off on that, but keep them on a long check cord so that they can retrieve back to you. And then, you know, you give them a ton of praise when they get back to you, but in that one little game you're practicing whoa, you're practicing fetch, and you're practicing recall. Um, you do that 10-15 times, 15 minutes a day, um, three to five times a week, and it's going to ingrain in that dog. When you say whoa, that means stand steady, and when you say fetch, they need to go out there and look for it. And when you say here or your recall command, they need to come right back to you. That's just a good way to knock out three different commands in, in one simple little game. Um, but yeah, I mean, just roading your dog, working your dog, uh, running them as much as possible, and then go out early in the morning before it's too hot. Because a lot of times in the summer it's, it's just too dang hot to run your dogs. But uh, get up early, put some time into it. They're you're not going to have them for very long. You know, they don't live as long as we want them to so yeah enjoy those those times with them and uh just get out there as much as you can that's the dog's gonna want to go it's just a matter of getting your butt up off the couch and, and doing it with them
0: yeah yeah and that's that's kind of all i had for today and I uh, kind of want to ask you, because I know we're looking at getting another dog here in the future um, from you, and I know sometimes you have a pretty long wait list, so if you could just uh, kind of give our viewers an insight on uh, maybe upcoming litters you have, kind of what the time frame looks like if they are looking to get a German short hair pointer.
1: Um, recently, we've dwindled down our wait list a little bit. We've got some people that are waiting for specific litters, but I think we're down to five or six people on males and five or six people on females. There's not too many uh, to wait through. Um, we, we sold a lot this summer, you know, it was a good summer for us and we were able to fulfill a lot of our wait list. Um, but the best thing to do is, is go on our website. You can message me directly on our website. Uh, and then you can get on our waitlist right there. There's a little puppy waitlist form you fill out, and uh, you join the waitlist. It's a hundred bucks, and then you'll be notified about any upcoming breedings. Um, if you're on the waitlist, we'll let you know, hey, we're breeding this male with this female. Um, unfortunately, I don't know who's going to be ready to breed. It's just it's just nature, yep. um, as far as who's coming in and whatnot. So I couldn't tell you right now who's who's up to breed. Um, but yeah, you get on that wait list and then we'll let you know what's coming up and those people get priority in the, uh, in the deposits. We only take three male or three female deposits before the litter's born. That way we don't get too far ahead of ourselves. And, uh, you'll have the opportunity to be one of those first three picks if you're on the wait list. And then once the pups are born, we, we wait until they're seven weeks and, Everybody makes their picks. Then at seven weeks old, and um, yeah, which right. is set up with a nice bird dog.
0: Yeah, that that's awesome. And one thing I want to touch on, um, uh, they are located in Missouri. Um, when I got Piper, um, we had a weird circumstance. We were gonna actually go down and get her. Um, I had a really bad allergic outbreak um, to some yellow parsnip <laughs> from a hunting trip. So last minute, I wasn't able to make it and. Clay was able to get some transportation arranged for me and actually flew my puppy into, uh, the Chicago airport. Got to get a big shout out to Josh, uh, in Illinois for delivering Piper to me. And we've actually stayed in touch, been pretty good, um, friends just talking, um, over messaging, but yet, yeah, um, Clay, do you currently still offer transportation for dogs? If people are obviously not located close.
1: We do. We've got a ground transport guy that we use. Um, unfortunately he doesn't go out west uh, he i don't even think he goes west of dallas okay um uh so i mean he does cover all the midwest and, and eastern seaboard um but yeah we've got ground transport set up uh i don't know if you can get in touch with josh he might fly your pup for you too but
0: uh, yeah yeah that was um, kind of a, a last minute thing that was pretty special yeah i couldn't thank him enough for doing that um but yeah, if you guys are interested in getting a German short hair pointer, reach out to Clay. Like you said, his information's on his website, as well as you can reach out to him via Instagram. Um, but yeah, I want to thank Clay uh, for everything he's offered me with my puppy, Piper, and all the help he's been. Um, and I guess, yeah, Clay, I will wish you best of luck uh, this year for for hunting upland out there. Um, and I'll kind of stay in touch with you the next couple of months.
1: Yeah, keep sending me those videos. I love seeing... All of our dogs work, but I really like seeing what you're doing with Piper. It's it's great to see somebody pushing, like I said, the versatility of the breed, you know, get them to do everything that they can do. And um, she's a superstar.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you again for hopping on. I know we had uh, change times a lot, but I appreciate you kind of sticking with it and uh, joining us today.
1: It's my pleasure.
0: All right. Thank you. Have a good night.
1: All right. You too. Take care.
0: Yep. Bye. Bye.